Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to share with you something that came up in my prayer time. I'm part of the uh, I'm part of the 24 hour prayer that we're doing. My shift is 1 a.m. Um, wanted to challenge myself a little bit this time, and uh, man, I've really loved it. It's weird how um, and when you get alone, you wait on the Lord. Uh, you're just kind of going through uh, the prayer prompts that uh, Carol and Tom Whaley provided. Um, and so I was, we were sitting for this part, for this day on Monday, Monday morning, um, we were supposed to be looking at uh, the Lord wants to be supreme in my heart. And so I just, I was just sitting there and I think, okay, so what passage can I just kind of uh, use to, to think on this topic? And no joke, I went on, uh, I went on the internet and I just typed in uh, verses about God being supreme. Um and Deuteronomy 10, 17 came back, and I just wrote it in my journal, and it says this, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribes. Uh, some of you may have heard of Eugene Peterson. He wrote what's called The Message. He's, he's most known for that, where he pretty much looked at the original language of all of Scripture, Hebrew and Greek, Old and New Testament, and wrote a version of the Bible. Um, now I see this more as a, like I use this as a commentary, uh, not as a translation, but man, some of his stuff is so good. And he said this about Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17 from the message. He said, God, your God is the God of all gods. He's the master of all masters, a God immense and powerful and awesome. And I was reflecting on that and uh, I'd, I'd woken up to start prayer at one and I was just bummed. And in all honesty, what had happened was, um, remember we had this snow that happened and it was gorgeous outside and Sunday, um, I thought, man, we were kind of missing a lot of people. And my guess is a lot of people went to the snow and that's fine. Like I, I shouldn't even, it shouldn't even bother me. But I remember a couple of weeks ago, there were just tons of people that showed up. Well, friends, as, as, uh, as a pastor, um, I'm also a human and my ego can kind of start going back to how I was as a pastor. It was all about who showed up, how many showed up. Um, and so I remember when I woke up, I was just kind of bummed and I was just talking about it to the Lord. And I felt like something like this, this popped in my head and I just wrote it down in my journal. Um, and I said something like, it, the thought was this, you worry about yesterday because so many people were gone. Are you sure you're more interested in those who are there than in those who aren't? And that was one way I feel like the Lord was confronting me. And then he confronted me, but what about when you're gone? I mean, there's times I'm gone speaking at camps or maybe I'm on vacation. Um, and it's it's not a judgment, I promise. It's not a judgment to those who are gone. It's just, it's this pride thing. And I wrote this down as I thought, maybe the Lord is speaking this to me. Um, I wrote this, where two or more have gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Remember when Jesus said that? He said, where two or more have gathered, there I am in their midst. And I've said it before, and I've told our team, our leadership team, and I've told our church community, the goal should be where two more have gathered. Think about it. Somewhere around the world, picture a little married couple. They're, they're in a village or they're in a city where maybe it's illegal. Um, it's, it's frowned on and Christians are persecuted. And so what they do is just the two of them, they come together and they worship the Lord, just the two of them. And maybe they have to do it quietly. Are you telling me that that little couple have less of the presence of God because there's not enough people there? 
And I remember that thought came to me a while back, and I thought, you know what, Jesus, you're the one that says we're two or more have gathered. Now, it doesn't mean that we're one isn't gathered, but he's talking about community. And so when I, when I when I used to look on the worship services back in the day, it was like, okay, there's not enough here. And I would always, I would always disguise it behind, I want to make sure that we're reaching people that don't know Jesus. And even that term reaching people, we never define it. And I think a lot of times for pastors and for church leaders, it's just reaching means getting them here. And that shouldn't be what we're about. And it sounds really bad. What we should be about is making disciples. In other words, not getting them here, but going out to them, actually engaging them in conversations. And of course, we can invite them back to a worship gathering or a home church. But but for us to just automatically jump to, we're going to reach people. We need more people, more people, more people. And I just think, man, maybe... Maybe we've jumped into this addiction to more that feeds our our ego and our pride. But when Jesus says, where two or more have gathered, there I am in their midst. And so I kept writing what I thought was coming to my mind, what I felt maybe the Lord was saying. Uh, you are missing the point. There I am. Look for me in worship gatherings first. I am the Lord your God, God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God. You start with me and my and my presence above everything else. When you start with me, you can enjoy me with the two plus that are gathered in my name. And I remember when I when I wrote that down, I finished writing it out, and I just dropped my pen and I just I just started praying. And I picked up my pen and wrote this pride. This is the ugliness of pride. It's still in me. See, pride was, I went, why aren't there more people? There need to be more, more people. So it, quote unquote, feels better. And what I should have been doing the whole morning is just thanking God for his presence and seeking God in his presence, like seeking the Lord and wanting our whole community to simply seek the Lord as a community, yes, and as individuals within the community to seek after the Lord. Friends, that's what that's what our worship gatherings are supposed to be, be about. It's not about how many people show up to something. It's just the fact that we're getting together to worship the Lord. And then throughout the week that we're actually engaging people, we're looking for the one that God wants us to impact on a daily basis. We're wanting to reach people with the gospel, whether or not they become part of our church community or not. We want to see people that don't know the Lord join our home churches because we're reaching them and bringing them in. But not for the purpose of building up our church, friends. I don't ever want us to have that as the motivation. The motivation should never be we're making our church bigger or, man, our church is really growing or our church is getting really kind of, it's getting popular in the area. Friends, first and foremost, when we gather together for worship gatherings, it should simply be to seek the presence of the Lord, to worship the Lord, to give back to Him in community around each other and thank Him because He says the promise when two or more have gathered, there I am in their midst. And so I remember when I finished that, uh, I went to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 and 13, and the Bible says this, God says this, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Friends, that's what we should want. And I just, I sat there and I thanked the Lord, and then I I jumped on the computer and I found a song called Worthy of It All by Shane and Shane. And I just sat and I listened. And then I wrote out the words in my journal. And it's one of my favorite worship songs right now, where it says, All the saints and angels bow before your throne. 
All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And then the bridge is this, Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Now this could ref- uh, when I don't know who what they were meaning what they were referring to exactly when they meant that part, but there is this um, I think it's in Book of Revelation where our prayers go up as incense before God, and so day and night let us pray before the Lord. It could go back to the temple or the tabernacle where there's um, where there maybe there's incense burning. I don't know, but I want this constant I'll say prayer for me, my constant prayer before Him day and night, night and day. Let my prayers arise to God because He's worthy of it all. And then went from that to a song by Phil Wickham uh, with Maverick City that's t- uh, that's called uh, You Are Worthy of My Song, and I highly recommend it. And then they connect it to Worthy of It All. And then a final song, I Surrender, uh, by Hillsong Worship. And it, it just stopped me. And it, it was about 2.30, I think I finally stopped, and I was just listening to these songs, and I started tearing up. And you just confess to God my pride. That God and I told him I don't God I don't want to be one of those pastors that's just trying to quote unquote reach people which pretty much just means to make worship services bigger many times, and I don't want to make it sound like every every pastor who thinks that is thinking is is all ego driven. I don't believe that. I'm just speaking from personal experience. My experience, a lot of times what reached people meant was just get more people here to hear me preach. Friends, I want it to be this first and foremost as I've said. We are seeking the presence of the Lord. We are going to seek him with all of our hearts so that we can find him. And don't think of it like he want, he's hiding and he doesn't want to be found. Picture it like hide and seek, uh, uh, a dad playing hide and seek with his little boys and making noise so his little boys will find him so that he can be found. I believe that that's the picture that we're supposed to be looking, uh, looking at. So friends, I hope this is an encouragement to you. Um, I am so thankful for our church community. I am so thankful for our worship gatherings. I'm so thankful that this past Sunday I got to sit under Greg Lethera's teaching and be reminded of the hope that there is in suffering. And also looking for, and it's weird how he brought in um, Fair Frank. And if you haven't listened to the message, I highly recommend it. Um, but Fair Frank just kind of doing the normal thing that he would normally be doing and reaching him in Africa. And then hearing from him eight years later that he was following the Lord and that he was he had started an orphanage and he was impacting lives. Friends, let's just be faithful in the mundane. Let's just be faithful in the mundane and we'll get to see the miraculous. But we do it because Jesus is worthy of it all. We continue to reach people with the gospel, not so that our church grows. A lot of times that's not, it's not selfish. Selfless, it becomes selfish. Let's, let's go make disciples so that the kingdom of God can be advanced. Friends, I hope this helps. It did for me. It's been so helpful for me. I love you guys more than you know, and we'll talk soon.